Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Picture Must Be Doing Something Right podcast. I'm here with Jamie. Hello. And I'm Joseph. And we've got a... This is going to be probably our last episode of our extensive analysis on a Best Picture nominee for this year's Academy Awards, 95th Academy Awards for for celebrating the films of 2022, but it's being held in 2023. Um, <laughs> and I will do like a recap of all the other five in a separate episode. should be coming out in a couple of days. Um, before our big predictions episode, which I'm very much looking forward to, which will be up um, in a couple of days as well, probably a day before the actual ceremony, which is not too far away now, is it? Um, so we're... we're recording this on the eighth, and it's on twelve slash thirteenth, dependent on your on your location. Time zone. So, That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, for us, it's on the thirteenth of uh, March here in the UK. I think it's like one o'clock in the morning, which I don't think I'll be watching this time. I did say up last year, but um, oh, I don't think I would do this because uh, I, f- I think I know what's going to win. <laughs> Best yeah, I'll wake now. up and see the sweep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, for a film that isn't going to be this one. Um, <laughs> Although I was going to say, I think we have touched on all the best contenders yeah, uh, I think for the, so. For the best picture. If something wins that we haven't reviewed, I would be just, well, devastated oh. for multiple reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would be the biggest shock of all time if it's not one of the five that we've uh, talked about extensively. Um, and the fifth of those being, so we've already looked at um, Banshees of Insurance, we've reviewed Top Gun Maverick, We've reviewed everything everywhere all at once, all quiet on the Western Front, and today we're going to be reviewing Tar. Um, if you want to hear our episodes um, speaking about any of those films, if you're interested to hear our thoughts on that, they're all available um, on all the streaming platforms. Uh, but we'll get straight into today's episode looking at uh, Tar, directed by Todd Field, who hasn't directed a film for a while, has he? Um, I'm not really too clued up on sort of his previous work, but he has previously been nominated for quite a few Oscars in the past, up to six nominations now for him. Um, the last one was 2006, I believe, Little Children, which did get nominated for a couple of Oscars. I remember Kate Winslet being nominated for Best Actress for that film. And um, this is another film which has its uh, Best Actress nominated this year, Kate Blanchett, in a leading a cast of um, general unknowns. There's a lot of European um, actresses, uh, Noemi Millar, Nina Hoss, uh, Sophie Cower, amongst others. Um, and Mark randomly Strong, Mark Strong and Julian yeah. Glover pop up out of And apparently um, Alec Baldwin's voice. I don't know when that was. Oh, I love little voice cameos like that. Oh, that's always he fun. also had one like that in uh, Black Klansman, didn't he? In like the opening yeah. theme. Yeah. So um, anyway. As himself, I wonder if... Oh, I'm trying to think of what scene that could have even been. The black, the black Clansman one is the opening scene. Oh, no, you mean in, in top? In tar, in tar, oh, voices himself apparently. Don't have a clue. Um, yeah, as I Alex Baldwin's voice. Um, interesting. Uh, the film's also written by Todd Field as well as being directed, so it's very much an auteur piece. And the general uh, concept of the film is uh, set in the international world of Western classical music. The film centers on Lydia Tarr, widely considered one of the greatest living composer conductors and the very first female director 
of a major German orchestra. And the film is shot mostly in Berlin, even the scenes that are, I think, set in New York um, is shot in Berlin as well, which is an interesting choice um, as a location. I've recently come back from Berlin, and it's not the most cinematic of cities. It's um, very urban and not very colourful as well. Um, so it's an interesting choice, but it does set a, like a tone for the film um, yeah. and aesthetic. But that sort of also fits into sort of like a dull look for a dull film um, <laughs> <laughs> overall. It's, um, it's certainly one perspective. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, it, <laughs> I think I'll know, be a, a bit kinder to it than. Uh, yeah, than I mean, it's not terrible, right? I think it does some interesting things, like. It seems very promising when you first start watching it. You sort of get this feeling like, okay, this is th- yeah, this see, has got some interesting things to going. say. Yeah, um, you sort of like have a concept of what's going on, what these characters are like, and um, there's some scenes that are actually pretty smart and pretty well paced at the beginning of the film. And towards the end of the film, I think is a similar case. It's just that middle part. It's just the right slog. And it doesn't Let's need say to the be. start maybe spends a bit too long talking about how great Lydia Tarr is. And he that, has these long bit. scenes back to back of f- yeah. everyone praising her and she's talking, you know, she's coming across very intelligent. She's great at being interviewed. And we have these scenes where, you know, she's teaching or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, you, you see it start, you see the crack show as it goes along. But it's, I don't know, the first act is maybe just a little bit too long. Yeah, it's it's the, it's, the, it's the scene where she's in the lecture hall and there's this sort of debate which sort of fits, fits into what the narrative ends up being. But we're not sort of introduced to that narrative until about two hours into the film, which yeah. is the, <laughs> this, the central idea of the plot being, um, not to spoil it too much, but sort of be this concept of cancel culture. Um, I won't really go further than that. But that is sort of explained in the in that sort of scene that comes about 15 minutes into the film, which I think is very, very good. And the dialogue is really, really sharp. And I came out of that scene thinking, oh, hold up, we're in for something here. I can yeah, see why it's getting yeah, so great much idea praise. Of a, of a yeah, character. because it felt like um, I, it's, it's a film that I always sort of refer to as this because it's sort of become sort of the standpoint for it. But sort of like that kind of J.K. Simmons, Miles Teller relationship in Whiplash. Yeah. You see sort of that kind of, you get that same sort of emotional feeling as a viewer to what's going on, that kind of um, master versus apprentice kind of thing. But that isn't developed at all. Um, And even though it actually ends up being quite an important plot piece um, in terms of a separate relationship, not that specific relationship, but a separate one um, later on in the film. And that I think that kind of idea is very promising and it's it's one that i wish was developed a lot more and had sort of a point to it i feel like it's a bit too much trying to be a character study while the character isn't nearly as interesting as the film thinks it is and people have made it out to be i saw something saying like our tar is the most talked about film of the year and stuff like I'm thinking well, what no, are you really talking not. about I, I don't think the film's interesting enough to sort of create um, that discourse and um, those ideas it really wants to create discourse we, we've talked yes. a lot about how the best picture winner should represent the year that the film mm-hmm. came out and I would almost say that Tar is trying a little bit too hard to be 
the film of 2022. It almost dates itself in that in that sense. Yes, and it's um, it's a little bit distracting and kind of takes away from the pushing the story along. Yeah, and it's that sort of trying and yeah, and it's sort of trying to be that, especially with Kate Blanchett's performance. It's trying to be someone that one of those sort of like knockout. Um, there's a specific word for it, isn't it? Like um, that kind of commanding lead performance. Tour de force, that's it. Yeah, that's it's it. trying too hard to be that. And Tour de force. Yeah, oh, but um, dum tish. I've seen, seen it... a lot of puns, but they don't stop there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My favourite one is uh, you have to separate the tar from the tar. That, that was very smart. I rate that. Yeah, I love that. But, and um, it is the theme of the film. But this it's been like that film's come out a couple of times um, in like yeah, the last decade it. or so with Blue Jasmine, which he won for, and also with uh, Carol a few years ago. And they, they all seem to have like a similar kind of effect of me where I was thinking, well, yeah, I know that Kate Blanchett's quite good at acting. You don't need to... You don't really need to sort of like showcase that to me or try and sort of impress audiences like that. It's like you you know what yeah. you're sort of going into with her in the lead role. I've never been sort of a massive fan, but I I don't know. I think it's I think it's one to appease the critics and um like film professors and academics though that that oh, kind of crowd more than it, yeah. I, I don't get like when you watch the trailer there's that big quote that comes up like pure entertainment i was like what film have you is watched it? here is it, <laughs> it entertainment could have been if like... it was shorter or but like more tightly edited one reviewer i thought about potentially writing as i was watching is, is just something along the lines of it feels like this is a if this was a uh, a character study or a slice of life biography about a real person, mm. you feel like you could have chosen a more interesting time in their career. Yes, you'd definitely. maybe choose to focus on the the back half of this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've tried. I was like, I was getting a bit distracted comparing even, it to biographies in my yeah. head. <laughs> or even before the film actually starts, because yeah, we're introduced to her as an EGOT winner. This sort of someone that's achieved everything in there is in that her field, and it's yeah. like, why, what, what are you sort of showing me at this point? And well, it's sort can... of like they're trying to show in like this new job and this new city, sort of uh, new setting kind of thing, but um, I don't think it tells an interesting enough story. And if it is, it's all background rather than we're actually, actually being shown. What yeah, a lot happens. of the film we're seeing the middle part of her story almost, and then we get to the, you know, not to go too much into spoilers, but then we get into the meat of the film in the the last act, latter stage. Yeah, that's what I put in my review. It just took the mick to have yeah. so much <laughs> where nothing happens. There's like, in terms of worthwhile content, you're looking at about forty five minutes. Um in a film that's two hours and 38 minutes and does not need to be that long. It really I mean, doesn't. some of the slower scenes are, could have worked if there was a bit more focus. On, well, what I've said is, what I ended up saying on Letterboxd, is that it's an interesting character study and a great yep. performance from Blanchett. Yep. But I just feel like this film about a downward spiral should have had more downward spiraling. Yes. There wasn't nearly enough <laughs> fall from grace. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and there's been these all kinds of different sort of takes on it and people being insistent that they're right about their reading of the film or or 
oh, people are reading Tar all wrong and sort of like. I, I don't think it's interesting enough to create those sort of discussions. I saw one, what, what I thought was funny, I was doing a bit of research on it earlier, and um, I saw, I've seen these things on Twitter saying about how it's a potentially a ghost story, which I'm not really going to buy at all. I'm There's not, some audio uh, hallucinations. Yes. It's very clear. And there was this whole article about, um, oh, is Tar actually a horror film? And the, literally the article above it, there's like, there's the snippet of the article that just says, to call Tar a horror film is completely incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> the great debate. We were talking about this for years. That's yeah. Um, there's, yeah. There's certainly some is, is Yeah. To, is is Tar a ghost story? To argue that Tar is actually a horror movie simply because it uses ghost imagery is nonsensical. And <laughs> literally straight underneath, Tar is actually a horror movie. Incredible. Gothic horror, fight. apparently. A ghost film. Mm, could have been a, a Me Too ghost film. A lesbian ghost love story. What on earth? Um, I, it's I not nearly thinking. interesting enough to create those conversations. It's a dull film. You don't need to read into it to try and justify it being good. It's just straight up not. Someone on Letterboxd said, so something's just clicked for me. There's, there's a review yeah. here saying the Joker for lesbians. No. Like great, perfect letterbox star review, but it got me thinking. Well, no, it's not, but it could have been <laughs> everything I'm hearing Just, about yeah. the film. It could have been that the potential is there in the screenplay and the director. I think and so. The performances. I think so, so because Joker did like produce a response where people were very much against it and saying this isn't that great a film. It has its issues, and and my biggest issue with people having issues with Joker was that they were reading into it as something that it that wasn't. Yeah. And then I feel like that's the same reason why people are annoyed that people that against people that don't like Tar is because they don't get it. Like, um, like the thing with with Joker, sort of, like, oh, it's it's it, it, it's sort of like, oh, it's about incels and stuff like that, like. Well, yeah, the character, the main character is in, in so it's one of those, <laughs> one of those things. Yeah, it, that that's that's just what it is. Like, but it's still a really entertaining film, first and foremost. It doesn't matter what you read into it or what do you think of the mean, the 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 lead character and stuff like that. And it it doesn't matter too much because it's still an entertaining film, regardless. I think people of... were accusing it of trying to be more more than it was like they were putting up projecting yeah. all this all this discourse onto it that just wasn't there yeah and it's it, you see a similar thing with with tar yeah but i think the difference is that joker is really well paced it's got great action set pieces yeah. it can be seen as a comedy or a, a tragedy or all these sort of different or ways to read story. it but Regardless of how you read it, it's still an entertaining film. If yeah. you have to read Tar in a specific way to make it enjoyable or make it this sort of brilliant film that people are making it out to be, then it doesn't do its job. I don't think, personally. But I, I understand that um, people see that differently and it's completely fine. I know a lot of people that really love the film. That's completely fine. I, I just like don't it. get I, it. I wanted to like it more. I guess yes. an interesting question is: so, when it comes to the Oscars, what what do you what would you be happy what would you be happy with it winning? Because I know you've you know obviously you think less of the film than I do. So, what's gonna what stands out for you? 
Is, okay, no. that's great. We'll go through them one by one, the categories it's nominated for, right? So Best Picture, I can understand why it's been nominated for Best Picture because it's a critical hit. It is the critic's choice of the nominees more than anything, I think, rather than it being sort of like um, How do you people's favourite film. Choice? <laughs> um, <laughs> it won, it won Best, best Actress. Yeah. yeah. And Best Score. Potentially. That's kind of a... Kind of um, it was not nominated. Was it nominated at the Oscars for that? It wasn't, was it? No. That's um, interesting enough. The same um, composer as Joker. Hilda yeah. Also won. Hilda won at the Oscars for Joker. I think very violin a, heavy. Very good choice. But that, um, but that's quite. It's quite interesting though. Um, well, it's not nominated for score at the Oscars no, this it's year. No, it's not. That's. I, I'm, I was talking to someone the other day that was interested in seeing it because they wanted to hear the music. And so, but it's not really. There isn't really for a music-based film. There isn't that much. So music. I thought we were quite clever about this. When when we're not in the concert hall, we hardly hear music like a, a traditional yeah. score. Uh, is, is the one who did Joker? Did they also do um, um, Blank on it? The TV series, the miniseries. About... Oh yeah, yeah. Um... I know what I know. I'm, what you I'm, mean. I'm Power Pump was that's it. Chernobyl. I don't know. I blanked on that. Did she they also, also do did, that as well? Uh, yes, she also did um, Women Talking, which is also nominated for Best Picture this year. So it's interesting that they chose her for this film because when we're not in the concert hall, we're not really hearing that sort of atmospheric, eerie background music that she's an expert at. So I thought that was a very interesting choice. But great score. Mm. Um, I didn't notice it to be honest. Well, it's it's noticed when it's being showy, <laughs> yeah. Because we're actually there with them in the concert hall, right? Yeah, that's quite strange. That's uh, that it hasn't. I, you'd expect it to be nominated for that reason. Yes. Um. So, so I th- I think it sort of justifies its best picture nomination just by be- it getting in so many top ten lists and stuff like that. Critics, yeah, sure, but yeah. One, so I can understand why it got, especially in a year of ten where the field isn't good, that good really. Very top heavy, as we've talked about before. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's like a clear split between really good films and not so good. Um, though I do think that for this film does fall into the latter stage of that. Um, uh, best director, I think, is I think it's lucky to be in there. To be honest, um, if you think like All Quiet on the Western Front and Top Gun Maverick didn't get into best director yeah. this year, you think uh, really? Um, that's probably uh, both uh, Todd Field and Ruben Erston will be the two that I would take out of the lineup to put, to put in um, Kaczynski and I um, can't remember the name of the uh, director for All Quiet. Um, anyway, th- those would be two I'd um, take out for them. So I, I think Todd Field is, is quite lucky to be there. I, the, the screenplay one is, I think, is fair enough that it's there. Uh, um, original screenplay because oh, that was like good. that was like yeah yeah thank you that was like a set five all year it was just always going to be everything yeah. everyone wants banshees tar <laughs> triangle sadness and um hate it when i forget the uh the other one um when you go through nominees i forget <laughs> one of them Fableman's, of course Fableman's yeah, even yeah. got nominated at BAFTA. That was his only nomination at BAFTA. That's how set in stone that five was all year. Sorry, so I blanked on Chernobyl earlier. So yeah. it is <laughs> I'll come to Best Actress last. Uh, cinematography. Again, I do think it is actually quite, quite well shot in terms of shots of Kate Blanchett, I would say. It, it plays to her. 
I think it sells her performance and it makes her yeah. seem better by it being well shot. That's often the case with sort of when you have a main central performance. You think of like uh, the film that comes to mind, the film like Brooklyn, for example, which sort of it's all set on showcasing Saoirse Ronan. It's that similar kind of effect where the cinematography enhances the um, the lead performance by shooting the presence Blanchett in a certain way, yeah, framing and stuff like that. Um, editing again, I, I have an issue with this, and it was the same with um, uh, Elvis as well, where these are two films that are unnecess- uh, unnecessarily long, but they're nominated in editing, which I find is sort of like counterproductive. Now that's an interesting point. To be fair, yeah, because well, the other ones are quite like tight. So important. So like Banshees, everything ever all at once. Yeah, Maverick. They they sort of justify their runtime. Um, they are a lot a lot shorter as well, like half an hour shorter than um, Elvis and Tar. But I think they justify those sort of runtimes by it being quite well paced. Uh, no Avatar in that one year, even though it did get nominated in two thousand nine. I think again for similar reasons. It's a really long film; doesn't need to be that long. If it had been like more concise in its editing, then it would stand out more. And I think like that would be the same with Tar. Yeah, absolutely. Here. Yeah, uh, and the main one it's nominated for, which we can talk about a bit more in depth, is uh, Best Actress. Um, if you talk to industry people or when I've seen industry remarks about Best Actress this year, they think yeah, Kate Blanchett locked it up all year, but it is looking more dodgy going into Oscar night. Yeah, it's looking a, a bit more competitive uh, with everything everywhere all at once. Michelle, yes. Um, it's... Michelle Young. Yes, blanking all that. Yeah, being a very, very, rightfully so, a very strong contender. Uh, so... It depends oh, if I don't it know, it's or interesting. Not, it? I, I don't know what to predict. <laughs> if it sweeps, it's a lock, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those... Um, Sort of bong, bong Joon home for parasite kind of ones where it's like if they really go for the film, it's gonna get it's gonna get that win there, yeah. even though it's sort of up in the air. But if they don't go for it in the, I think it's gonna win picture regardless of what else it picks up, really, because it's getting director anyway, and it's getting supporting actor. Sort of that that's its worst night is that it gets those three. Really, yeah, <laughs> it's that's how locked up it is in those categories, even if it sort massively underperforms and doesn't get the tech ones extras, it's still getting those. So it just depends on whether it goes can easily go five, six, seven, and then Michelle goes along with it, or absolutely, it, yeah. or it they separate the uh, spread the wealth a bit more. They go like Banshees and supporting actress, they get oh. Um, you know, women talking in adapted screenplay. Let's say like, maybe Banshees again in original screenplay, uh, The Whale or Elvis in actor, you know, spread it around a bit more and then go like, okay, rewarding Tar in. I mean, that is actors. how it should work, but I also. No, but I also mean, it talk- shouldn't because they're, they're choosing everything ever all at once as the best film of the year, but then it doesn't have the best in these sort of specific so You're saying it should be winning in them the pieces that, the, you know, the pieces that make the whole. It's a, it's a difficult one. I remember, yeah. um, I remember James Gunn talking about this. It, it was the year that, um, I think it was the year that Spotlight won Best Picture, and he was making the argument about, because um, the, the Revenant, one director, so like, oh, how can the best film of the year not be the best directed film of the year? 
and stuff like that. Um, we've seen it where Best Picture winners, especially recently, in the last couple of years, uh, where Best Picture winners haven't been nominated in director. So you look at um, Green Book, Argo, and even last year with Coda, where you can make this argument where, like, how are these films the best films of the year and then they're not the best, um, you know, the, the best directed? Well, it's going to be different this year because Best Picture and Best Director are going to be the same film. But it's a case where how much do they like everything ever all at once? Are they saying, you know, it's got the best lead actor's performance, it's got the best writing? Um, well, you can't really make that argument at all. They'd have to separate. This is a very, the, their very definition of separating the tar from the tartist, right? Because <laughs> they're, they're separating Ted Blanchett's ability in this lead role in comparison to the film. But the yeah, film's actually in a, a strong... Yeah, I think the film's in a... The films. Yeah, the film's in a strong position, though. It's done, it did very well in terms of nomination, so they liked the film enough. Yeah. I think... I'm personally going into Oscar Night predicting Kate Blanchett to win. I'm not switching even after SAG. I think there is a case for, you know... Well, I get what, you know, James Gunn was saying, that idea of how is it not the best directed, but if yes. you're... It comes down to special preferential voting. It's just consistency... Yeah. Is it consistently doing well in all these categories, even if it's sometimes beat by other films? Yeah, I mean that's literally reflected by prefer- I think, preferential yeah. voting. I think you can vote for Kate Blanchett to win Best Actress, even if you're not a massive fan of Tar. Yeah, while I think it's difficult to vote for Michelle Yeoh because of that type of performance, if you don't like everything ever all at once, I think is my argument for it. It's funny because I agree, but it's different in supporting actor because yeah, you can vote for K and not sort of like the film. Like, absolutely, yeah. So that's why I yes. think he, he might be a lock for supporting. Yeah, that's a lock. He's gonna. I think mostly because the strongest contenders apart from K are Brendan Gleeson and Barry Keoghan, who and can't see each other out. Yeah, yeah. There's there's arguments for both, um, but. To be fair, if you like Banshees, then like half the people prefer Brendan, half the people prefer Barry. It's it's too difficult to sort of make an argument for. Well, this I feel like it's very much a strength of how much do they like everything ever all at once versus how much do they like Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett's speech at the Critics Choice Awards basically was saying to vote for Michelle Young. She's already yeah. won <laughs> twice. She won for The Aviator and for Blue Jasmine. Doesn't mean you need a third Oscar, but They've shown in recent years they will just give it to someone that's won before. Um, most yeah, notably, Frances like... McDormand in this category two years ago for Nomadland. I was the one that stuck with the, uh, the my prediction for that. Everyone else switched to like Viola Davis, who won that SAG. Dingo was SAG. It went with BAFTA. Um, and um, Frances McDormand won. Came on, just already BAFTA. won the Golden Globe, BAFTA, and um, Critics' Choice. Michelle Yeoh's only won SAG. So. Mm. And and Golden Globe as well, but that was comedy and musical. Yeah, that wins a win. <laughs> but but I know I know what you're saying. It's it's, it's, it, it, it's toss of a coin. Toss of a coin. After yeah, I, but it's not anyone else other than them too. I I wouldn't say no. Um, and we will go into our extensive predictions for the Oscars in an upcoming episode coming in the next couple of days. Um, we'll see if our our minds are changed yeah. by by that point. Um. So I think that's it for this sort of section of the episode. We're just going to speak briefly about sort of the end of the film and those kind of spoilers. So if you haven't seen the film yet, um, 
I wouldn't recommend that you watch before Strong. Oscar Night unless <laughs> unless maybe. you just want to tick off everything. Um, but uh, but yeah, if you haven't seen the film already and you don't want to hear spoilers, then feel free to turn this episode off now. If you have seen a film and you want to hear us speak about it, the ending of the film, then continue listening. Um, okay, so so it all goes a bit Pete Tong, doesn't it? Last thirty minutes for uh, uh, I mean, Lydia that should Child, have been the film. Yes. After 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 half an hour of setup, uh, which we got, that should have been the film. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it actually put it out to an hour. Because at first I didn't mind where the, the, the scenes were going on, and you know we're getting back to back of these these scenes where we're just showing off Tar. Yes. I didn't mind it because like oh I get it, it's just setting up what what normal is, what the status quo is for her, and then it just like kept going, and there's this whole middle act of just bubbling under the surface, which I get. Understand yeah. how that happens from a screenwriting perspective, but the last half an hour is just so much more interesting. Yeah, it is. It's really <laughs> interesting. Um, that idea of cancel culture, I feel like there aren't that many films about it. There's been some in terms of that are in depth. So films like she said, um, is a film about cancel culture or 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 bombshell. But this is like yeah. a completely different approach to that because this isn't like an investigative viewpoint on it. This is the central character being the accused which I think is yeah. a really interesting thing, especially when it's a fictional character, especially when it's not like a high-profile thing, um, even though it potentially should have been if, if Lydia Tars was supposed to be as famous as she is. You have this really sort of like that the climactic moment where she sort of loses it on stage. Oh, um, that was excellent. More of that. <laughs> yeah, these kind of things. She strong. Exactly. These kind of edge-of-the-seat kind of scenes that are exciting to watch makes it so much more of an interesting film. It's just too yeah. slow to get to those points. I can imagine people backing out during the film and, and, and just getting, especially if they're not used to this sort of genre of film, this isn't what they're normally interested in, then they will, and will push people away halfway through. It, it feels like, it feels very like festival film. That's the thing, where you sort of like take a chance on it without really knowing what it is. Yeah. This isn't the kind of film that gets nominated at the Oscars very often, unless you have sort of like this incredible lead performance, like people are saying about Kate Blanchett, though I don't necessarily completely agree with. Um, but yeah, th- towards the end of the film, you have these this sort of like setup that people are reading all these kind of things into the ending of the film. I feel like there's been, there was a joke at the independent spirit Awards this weekend about it potentially being racist. I'm not sure towards Asian people. Not really too sure about that. Um, oh, the last bit. Literally yeah. The last sequence. Yeah. No, it's just like in, in general, she's just, just showing yeah. that she's in a different world. She's, yeah. The uh, idea plenty of artists when they're not doing successful, they do go out to like Asia yeah, or the... to or, or Europe, a lot of like, American or British pop stars when they start falling off, not necessarily being cancelled, but they go to like Europe and, and, and Asia. Yeah, I think the general idea is that it's not the worst thing that could could have happened to her, but it's the worst thing that she thinks could happen to her. Basically. Yeah, she's doing the score for. I didn't get it at first. I had to at first. I was like, oh no, is this some kind of cult thing? <laughs> yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh no, it's the score for monster. It's really man. what? It's, yeah, it's really bizarre because it's like a completely different setting and and aesthetics to um, 
to Berlin suddenly yeah. starting. I liked it. I did like that. So, so it does very juxtapose to what we've seen previously, which is good because what we've seen previously is actually pretty boring. So to see that being in a different environment is actually quite interesting for the viewer. Um, I get and... that her punching Mark Strong was supposed to be like the climactic scene. So, yes. okay, we couldn't have more scenes of that, but we should have had more scenes of her playing the accordion and singing loudly, trying to ruin the, the hmm, house sale yeah. from neighbours. That were great. There could yeah, have been the, more stuff like exactly, that. Exactly, more insights into her character and also the way that her character changes that sort of like brooding kind of meltdown, which is sort of like set to burst at any moment, leading yeah. to that sort of climactic scene. If you had a bit more of that, but I think it plays too much into the idea of subtlety. Um, yeah. So much so that it just becomes dull and flat. Like, I'm watching the trailer at the moment. It just, it's just coming up on the IMDb page. It makes it seem so much more interesting than it is. It's such a shame. That, and this is my like problem with the editing. <laughs> yeah, well, because it's a trailer. Yeah, exactly. But there's so many sort of fast-paced moments they, they're showing it. And it's, sort of like, it's not it's like not that at all. Fun. There's a lot of just chatting and not much movement. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I, just one of those not-for-me kind of films. Work for a lot of people, a lot of pretentious people, I'd probably say. It's, it is a film that's very much full of its own self-importance. But I think there's people who... I mean, it's also making fun of that, though. Am I reading... Yeah. We're talking about I reading again. Am I reading that wrong? Yeah. Is, is it, I thought it was also making fun of it, but then it does it. And again, as I said, uh, I said earlier, I mean, this is a fictional character at the end of the day. We don't need to spend that long talking about how great they are. Almost yes. as if the director was <laughs> yeah. like paying their respects to to a real public figure. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think they're definitely when they write these kind of films, it's always inspired by someone, isn't it? Or, yeah, yeah that's or fair. a combination of people. But um, but yeah, I think we'll leave it there for today's episode. Thank you, Jamie, for coming on. Thank you, and uh, thank you everyone for listening. And make sure you check back in with us for the roundup of the other Best Picture nominees, so Elvis, Fablemans, Avatar, Women Talking, and Triangle of Sadness. Um, because I've seen all those films and I want to make it... <laughs> make sure there's a purpose <laughs> to those. Yeah. Um, and also, we'll, we'll come through the, through that um, predictions episode before the ceremony, which um, yeah. looks forward to see how, how I do this time. I hope I, I should get Best Picture right this year. I usually get it wrong. But um, got it wrong last year because I went with the stats. That's the problem. Yeah, that makes but sense. I feel like, but then again, stats and momentum are leading to the same point this year. So um, we'll see. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, make sure you follow and subscribe if you're not already on your chosen platform. And goodbye.